Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey, everybody. Dr. Dad's coming at you. I'm with my main man, Dr. Nicholas Jensen. Brother, how you been, man? Good buddy. Uh, we, you know, you and I got a chance to chat beforehand. Just all the, the little life things that come up, and uh, the challenges, the victories, the you know, it's a uh, it's a constant, you know, dance, isn't it? Just navigating life. It's you know, what a fascinating ride. Brother, you're telling me it's it's there's it's, there's ups and downs. There's discombobulation, right? Like I, we talk to our patients about these all the time, right? Like you hit these. You know, it's been one of those weeks of, of threes, as I say, like you get hit with one thing and the second thing comes and the third thing comes. And I feel like I've had that conversation like multiple times in the last couple of weeks with many patients who are like, they're just getting hit over and over and over and over. And then finally, like, you know, I was, I was talking to a patient the other day and he was like, by the third one, I was just kind of like, screw it. Like the universe has a bigger plan. Like, I'm just going to like sit back and just understand that like this, this is all happening for a reason and I have to trust and honor that. And so, yeah, man, I mean, life, life gives us these nice flow states, but then it also gives us these hills to climb and like, so throw curveballs at us, but it's really how we handle those things. I think that helps us grow over time where we build resilience. Right. Oh, definitely. You know, and I can't help but think that, you know, as we're going through these life experiences, you know, like you mentioned, it's almost like, you know, we're build, building these resilience as, as more exposure comes and um, we have choices in every moment. And I think that when shit hits the fan, so to speak, it kind of feels like we don't have any choices. And right. I know that that's a very isolating place to be. And I definitely feel like I've gotten much better at that as time has gone on. But when I reflect on, you know, certain patients that we see that they come in and I really see them at the beginning stages of their journey, not that they haven't lived, you know, for 20, 30, 40, 50 years and beyond, but really, I think a healing journey is speaking to where they're starting to really appreciate that their, their the influence of the mind and how it's uh, parlaying into their physical health and obviously the decisions that they make, but they're, they're really starting to awaken to their, to their path. And it's so interesting to see people just with those little bit of lights that kind of come on. And and I'm always wondering as a practitioner, like, how do I like reach that person that specifically who's just awakening to something, seeing connections to to their behaviors and the food they're eating, for example, to, you know, uh, how they react to their partner or, you know, how they deal with just the the challenges in life. And so, um, yeah, it's it's been interesting because I more so over the last couple of weeks I've seen people in this sort of newer phase of their journey, and uh, it's it's really fun to watch, and it's also, you know, part of the the art I think of, as a doctor to be able to really see each person as an individual, and how do we slowly start to course correct this this human that's in front of us that trusts us? How do we move them or steer them in the right direction? I like being dad, right? Oh, your kids yeah, totally you know when your totally. kids grow and you see that they finally get something that you've been on them maybe for a couple of years of having to reiterate like it needs to be done this way or and then all of a sudden like there's that moment for them and you're like oh they're doing it the way i've been constantly asking them to do it you know our patients are like our children we're, we're trying to guide them you know and 
And it's a good feeling on our end when, like you're saying, we see that awareness and that acceptance and that shifting and the actionable stuff changing, you know, kind of like our conversation a couple of podcasts ago about the whole conscious awareness and acceptance, but it, it does feel good. Right. And then like you're saying, there's the other end of that. There's people that have the awareness, but then they're stuck. Like they can't move into that acceptance. And that's, that's the struggle, right? Like you're saying, you want to reach these people and it's, it's almost like you got to play detective work with some of them to figure out like, how can I get through them so that they can start to grow and they can start to heal and evolve and to get where they want. I know where they want to get right. Or we know that. Yeah. yeah. And I think so. So one of the books I'm reading, I was telling you about this, there's a book called Watiko by a, 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 a guy out of Portland. He's written a couple books um, on the topic of like consciousness and, and the frameworks for how like humanity gets stuck in certain patterns so anyways this particular uh book that i'm reading currently is is really talking about the virus of the mind and how we get stuck in these mental constructs and i thought it's gonna be like an interesting dialogue to get into because so much of our behaviors are part of like this this construct or this belief system that, that we engage in and this Watiko is basically for an indigenous sort of uh archetype of uh it could be satan or it could be ego or it could be it's called by different names in different cultures but it's basically a phenomenon that, that that's very much a part of our world on this reality of the mind you know from maybe a christian philosophy might be like like the sinful nature or don't do that because satan wants you to do that uh the Watiko would be sort of like this sort of uh incarnation of a of an energy that that manifests in darkness or evil or you know which then correlates to all their behaviors so it's a fascinating discussion because really uh, one of the key things that got out of this uh, book was that uh, to, in talking about conflict and conflict can look like many things from uh, you know conflict with the way we're eating or feeding ourselves to conflict in a relationship or a uh, big life decision can be a conflict um, and often we were quick, we're quick to really label the conflict as good or bad, right or wrong or whatever. Uh, but the conflict is really the opportunity. So part of like the teaching within this book is that um, this Watiko, this mind virus in, in its very nature, it's an expression of like the darkness of where we get stuck, say, but it's also the opportunity that, that we can move into our, into our healing. And so a little quote from the book, the way, to, the way to self is catalyzed by conflict. So we deprive someone of their best resource if we take away their conflicts. Now think about that in sort of like the, the concept of a, a doctor-patient relationship or a father-son or like, you know, a family member. We so badly want the person to move out of suffering. And we like our kid falls down, we just want to cuddle him and make sure that he knows everything's going to be okay or she or, you know, whatever that is, or a patient. Like, we just want you to move into your the best version of yourself. Like, we really want to take you there. Um, but yet, isn't it interesting that there's this sort of human nature, this reality that we don't want people to suffer and we want to take them out of pain as quickly as possible? So I would just love to like, what do you think about when you hear that, that concept of like how conflict is actually a necessity for, for healing? Healing is conflict. You know, I literally made a post today. Did you see my post? 
No, I didn't. I haven't been so, on social media. Buddy, it's funny that you bring this stuff up. We're always on the same picture, man. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's kind of crazy. You're you live in in another part of the world, and it's like we're always vibrating. We're brothers. Same rate, man. It's, it. it's beautiful. But like this has been on my mind lately, and so I made this post this morning. And I put the body heals. Healing requires adaption. Healing doesn't always feel good, and it's not up to you how you heal. And those are all true statements. Yeah. Like there's no arguing with any of those statements, right? And like I'll give an example of this. Like I've had sessions with healers, or not, I shouldn't call them healers because they're not healers. The body does the healing. But I've had sessions with practitioners that uh, assist and are a vessel for healing. And sometimes when I come out of that session, I feel amazing right away. Like there's a noticeable shift. Immediately I feel good. I walk out, I'm like, oh, that was awesome. And then there's other times where I've had, you know, a session and I feel like shit for literally the rest of the day or for the next two days. But, but I don't ever put a story to it because I understand what healing is and healing. I don't get to choose what that's going to look like after I have to trust. And my belief of what I understand about the body, understanding that the body is going to do what it needs to do based off what took place, you know, when I was with that practitioner and we did that work. For example, I've had massages where I've gotten sick right after. Mm -hmm. right? Probably just needed to happen. They just catalyzed and moved things ahead of schedule, right? Yeah. I've had NIS sessions where I felt like I had the flu when I got home a couple hours. You know, I felt good for an hour afterwards, but then I felt like I literally went and just crawled into bed and felt like, like crap. But then a couple of days later, I feel amazing and I feel the healing took place. So this conflict that you're talking about it's a regular part of life in every capacity, but especially for healing. Yeah. And what people need to understand is, you know, when you're going to people to assist you on this journey of healing, that, you know, there's some people that are still so stuck in this, like, oh, well, it's supposed to feel good. And I'm not supposed to feel bad when I'm healing. And, the, and that's just like someone not understanding their own body and how it functions. Right. And I think, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to knock conventional medicine, but I think some of modern medicine has made it this way. Because nobody has to have responsibility in how they feel because it's all symptom-based care. So yeah. drugs are thrown at people, all these surgeries, quick fixes, right? And so there's, you don't have to deal with a lot of conflict. You can get out of your conflict quick because the drug is going to erase the pain or the surgery is going to get rid of the pain and then you're done with it. So then I don't have to deal with the conflict. But the big thing I kind of educate people about pain all the time is that pain, number one, comes from the brain. It doesn't come from your body. We've had these conversations about neuroscience. But the piece of that is the way we actually look at pain. Like I believe from what, from the research and then what I just understand of the body, pain is nothing more than your brain telling you that something needs to be done. Something needs to change. And it could be because there is conflict in your life that you're not addressing and you have no awareness of it, or maybe you have awareness and there's no kind of acceptance and on your part to start making changes but the pain's still going to be there regardless, right? Yeah. So it's interesting that you say that, but even pain is conflict. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many people sure deal with pain? We're talking yeah. about emotional pain, physical pain, right? Everybody deals with pain at some point. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. You you brought up brought that up today, and, and I've been on kind of the same wavelength lately. And, and, and my big thing is I just want people to understand that are with me as their practitioner that – I don't do the healing for you, right? The healing takes place with you. You're coming to me to help assist you with that. 
but you're they're already in conflict when they come to like you and me and our job is to try to move them through that conflict right and to remedy yeah. that but it starts with them not us mm-hmm. and 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 for our listeners you need to understand that when you walk to any any doctor or a practitioner that you're going to to help you it yeah. is not their responsibility to heal you it's your responsibility mm-hmm. they're just assisting you they're a partner with you on that yeah beautiful man you know and then i think appreciating the fact that you know or when we can eventually appreciate the fact that conflict is is the very like reality that allows us to find um that healing you know let me let me put it a different way i think you know in part of my own history is to i don't know if it's avoidance or what what it is but i have this desire to to just move into the light right to find and when i say move into light like the choose the the higher path or choose the higher vibration if if there's something going wrong like look for the sunny side of it or you know and and I think it's interesting. We all have a different nature. Some of us like really just would move the other direction and like sit and live in that darkness and the, live in the challenge and stay in the suffering. And ultimately, it's this repetition that I think that we find ourselves in. This recurring reflection. Let's say trauma is a good example. We either we we constantly our mind knows that we've got this desire to heal, and we are stuck in a loop of constantly repeating the trauma in our head. Maybe we had a disagreement, and we're like constantly going over it, like ah, oh, like that really sucked, and you're feeling the pain of it and and all the challenge of it. And this is part of this like Watiko response is actually that repetitive nature is there for you to finally clue in that you can start to observe it differently. And not just move to the light, not just go like, okay, that sucks. I don't want to feel that. So I'm just going to move into the light or this is so heavy. So I can't believe this happened to me and like really move into the victim. But really like the repetitive frequency of this, like seemingly toxic reality that, that happened in our mind, in our past experience, the repetition of it is asking or tasking us to actually waken to a different perspective on it to awaken to the fact that we're constantly being deceived when we make bad choices or, you know, quote unquote bad choices for health or whatever, it's because there's this behavior, mental construct, this perception of, um, of us being stuck. There's this perception of us being, you know, toxic or bad humans or what have you. And it's so subtle. And and we're speaking to something so subtle but it's coming through the lens of deception. It's making us believe that about ourselves. And so we choose behaviors that are sabotaging us. We choose people um, where we can feel, you know, sort of safe and not have to like expand ourselves beyond the, the norm or the comfort. And I think it's such an interesting way to look at the challenges in life when, if we can look at how we respond to them. And even so, the story, right? Uh, like I'd add, to oh, totally. Say, like people make up a story, yeah, and that's their way out, right? Yeah, and we don't There's actually conflict. Let me just make up a story that sounds good that I can lie to myself about, so that I, so I'm good with it, and I can just move on. Yeah, and like how, and like think about that contract, like that you just shared there. That's a contract that we made inside of our mind, 
to be okay with something. And then when we look around the world, like, there's so much crazy shit going on in the world. And yet, what's our, na what's our nature is to go like, oh, I can't believe that's happening. I'm just going to look over here. I want to be in the light. Or again, like you look at the craziness of the world, like uh, the world's falling apart. This is devastating. Like, and, and you live in the, the chaos of it. What I'm suggesting, what I'm learning actually in the in in this book is that we got to be able to look at that the, the dark stuff, call it what it is, the the evil forces, the 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 ugliness within, like the, those things that we don't like about ourselves that we're trying to pretend aren't there or trying to justify them. Um, the, the other day, <laughs> sort of a personal story, but the other day I was uh, um, I was chatting with Sonia. And I, I think I, I like I was trying to get her to see my point of view. She's like, "Stop whining at me." I'm like, "Me? What do you mean? I'm not whining. I don't whine." Like, <laughs> I just thought it was so funny because like I wanted to move into defense and like like prove her wrong. And I'm like, I sat with that. I'm like, you know what? I was totally whining. Like I was like reverting back to a little little me version of dealing with this challenge because someone wasn't like taking on my point of view. And like, that's kind of what I'm speaking to. It's like, are, are we willing to own like these, these little inconsistencies that we have in our behavior? And when someone's so loving in our, in our family or household is actually able to call us out, are we willing to go actually look at that and go like, Holy crap, I was totally whining there. And, and, and I think this is the invite for, for everybody is to like, let, let's not label anything that goes on necessarily right when it comes up well and just observe where's our tendency are we moving into avoidance are we trying to like like live in it and really like just hash out this the the, the challenge of it the victimness of it are we bypassing it right what, what are we doing with these little you know life experiences and then are we willing to actually look at the darkness and then just and then you know, there's another sort of quote from the book. What's the point of light if you can't light up the darkness? Right. So, well, that's and what light you're speaking to man. Totally. It's, and, and it's not even just like finding the the good in it. It's like actually seeing what's wrong and like actually calling it out. And then still, we have an opportunity to rise above it. Right. Let's go ahead. Oh, no, I'm, I'm loving that last bit that you just said because I'm seeing it in my head and it's kind of like you said earlier, like a lot of times we want to take that higher self route. We want to move towards the light and it's just easy, right? Like it's easy. Yes. I'll just, I'll, I'll be above it. I'm going to do this. But the reality is what you're talking to and the way you just said that, that last piece was when we're doing that, we're avoiding actually lighting up, making changes, which is what yeah. everybody's really talking about when you're really trying to do these type of things you're supposed to bring light into the darkness that's how you grow as a person and you know i think we're in this age and time where like you're saying everybody's like oh i don't want to deal with conflict i don't want to deal with some of these things so i'm just gonna ignore my problems and i'm gonna ignore these things i'm gonna tell a story or i'm gonna avoid these people and i'm not saying those things aren't healthy habits to have because we do need to have a little bit of that but like you're saying, it's probably this happy balance between doing that and then also, like you're saying, giving yourself a gut check in real time when things happen and not labeling it and saying, okay, well, why am I reacting to it that, that way? Yeah. There's something there. And that's like you're saying earlier, you, you said a quote about going inward and actually doing work there. 
because yeah. unless you're willing to really turn that that mirror and look at yourself when some of these things happen and why you're reacting or having like you're saying this whole whining thing with Sonia, it's no different with me, man. Clarissa does the same shit with me. Like she's like, quit telling me how to feel. And I'm like, I'm not telling you how to feel. I'm just telling you that this is a better way, but who's to say my way is better. That's just my reality. Right. Totally. But I get, I, 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 I've gotten better at that, but habitually like in the past with her, I'm really bad about that. Like I'll see her upset and she's doing something. And it's almost like I tell her how to handle it. Yeah. And she gets pissed off at me because she's like, don't tell me how to feel. And and I get it after she says, I'm like, oops, yeah, I was kind of doing that. But the reality is like, you're right. Like it's one of those things like we're so quick to label or mm-hmm. judge or create the story instead of really just sitting with it for a second and saying, okay, why is that? Why is that conflicting with me? And where yeah. is that coming from? Where is that conflict coming from? Yeah. Just think about like how often we're lying to ourselves. Like, oh, you know, I, I use the I use the example of like me <laughs> trying to defend my non whiny voice, but clearly like my boys were there, Sonia was there, and then when I like reset the words that I said to her in my head, I'm like, oh yeah, that that was super whiny. Um, you know, we we we're constantly lying to ourselves, and and it's just like we're perpetuating this again from the book. We're perpetuating this Watiko phenomenon or this this virus of the mind, these behavioral strategies that that served a purpose um and maybe served a purpose to sort of keep us in our in in the ignorance of ourselves so the quote that you mentioned is actually a carl Jung quote he says he who looks outside dreams he who looks inside awakens i love that because i catch myself saying you know even like what do i want my future to look like i I talk we saw and i talk about our, our dreaming together but really like maybe it's more of our awakening together like what what a you know the, the, uh, tony robbins i think says something along the lines of like the quality of our life is a reflection of the quality of the questions we ask ourselves and you know and i think of that like what is it that we want to bring into the world you know or heal in our body or what have you you know and we constantly look outside we like like this is what i think life should look like like and, and then the interesting sort of phenomenon that they talk about in the book is just collectively we're experiencing this this Wittiko or mind virus phenomenon and and we're so interdependent on one another because we each have a different piece of this experience of life and so like part of this looking within is also recognizing that we're part of this collective consciousness and so like our behavior of looking in actually allows others to do the same too because you can imagine like if you're calling someone out or like you're in an experience where there's conflict and you are an observance of what's going on and you actually just decide to be vulnerable and take responsibility for something, you're actually opening a doorway for someone else to go like, holy, like actually it feels really good that that person just took ownership over what's not working. Like that felt good for me. Maybe it felt good for them too. Like, I feel like I should do that for myself. Like, I think we don't really realize how much impact we have on this sort of the collective aspect of who we are because we get so identity focused in our body and like, this is me as an individual. And so again, in the, in the book, it's sort of referencing this big part of the construct. This is like human construct is that we're, we're stuck in our individualistic perspective and that we are isolated from everyone else and that's part of like this this lie this paradigm that that we buy into 
Yeah. So I've heard similar things like that. And it's when you're living your life, right? There's like the individual and I think it's world centric and cosmocentric. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's really getting to those levels of consciousness of really how you see everything like your norm. And it's interesting, like you're saying, the behaviors and the realities that come from depending on where you're at with that. Right. Um, But absolutely, man, like, it, it does open the door. I mean, it's the same thing with connection. I tell people all the time, be vulnerable with your heart because it allows the other person to be vulnerable and you're going to deepen that connection with the other person or the people around you. And that's what you're speaking to right now. Yeah. But like you said, everybody immediately wants to usually just go on defense or they want to stay in their lie or stay in the reality that they think it should be. And, you know, you were talking about how there's all this chaos in the world. We live in a time where everybody thinks it should be their way. And live my life, live my reality, and everybody else needs to live it as well. Versus, like you're saying, understanding the collective and trying to say, okay, well, why do I have conflict with this? And you know what I mean? And, and it's just not happening on the collective. And it needs to. I mean, that's world oh, totally. stuff right there, right? I mean, it's so. And, and here's, here's the interesting phenomenon though, is like it can't happen on the collective if it doesn't happen within our, yeah. within ourselves. And it's like good understanding that like as we do that internal awareness work or that the awakening the self within that that that's actually how we impact others and and actually experience others not as something separate but as something as part of you right what a what a responsibility shift that is to actually appreciate things in that kind of level and like i feel like you know, over the years, I've gotten more clear on what that means. But like, I'm also very much uh, a student of this and recognizing that I'm uh, most of my day is probably uh, me living a lie. What it means to be a father, the the doctor, the the husband, all the roles that we that we play, and and getting so identified with those roles that we forget that like we're I'm consciousness having a human experience. So like. Like there's a whole other side to me, another dimension to not not me as a me, but me as a collective me having this like individual experience. So like, what am I buying into that's perpetuating the silliness of, of where we're where, where we're all stuck, right? Yeah, you know, I, it's funny you say that as you were talking about that. I was just seeing like how I would show up as a doctor when I like first got out of school, and then how it is now. Yeah, and it's true, man. Like I was living a life for like I don't know how long with what I thought it was supposed to be or what it was supposed to look like based off my reality and what I thought from what other people told me that's supposed to look like or whatever I perceived that's supposed to look like. And I had to move to, through a lot of awareness and acceptance with a lot of things to grow, man. And like I wouldn't yeah. wouldn't be the individual I am today if I didn't do that. But you're talking about looking at the dark side and and trying to take a deeper look. That's what did it for me. You know, I, I didn't constantly sit there and, and argue about why I was the way I was and why it needed to be that way. I was open to understanding that maybe it needs to change. Maybe there's conflict within that needs to be addressed. And like you're saying, all, all of that cumulatively over the last 16 years has changed and evolved me. But you have to be willing to go there. Yeah. And a lot of people aren't. I think I, I would say a lot of people go to their grave and they don't go there. Yeah. like they just say this is who i am mm-hmm. and they don't they don't think they can change they don't want to change and, and they don't want to work on it you know what i mean and i've met those people they're just they're not interested in it 
know? Yeah. So well, think about think about that individual for a second. Like they're so um locked in their body consciousness, like the the um the individual, the the separate nature or like the seemingly separate nature of who we are like uh, this idea of separateness i mean we had neil donald walsh on a while ago right and he was kind mm-hmm. of saying the core issue is this idea of being th- that we're separate we're disconnected from source and uh god you know input whatever you know whatever fits best for you uh there but isn't that the the, the true nature of things like someone who's not willing to look is because you know to look means it would go against everything that that empowered you to be a separate human. Like, and so like everything that you've been deceived to believe about yourself would have to come into question. And that, you know, that requires some effort, but you know, how much effort does it take to keep pretending to be someone that you're not a lot of work for for your whole life? It's a huge amount of work and a huge amount of stress. And like how much of that, you know, is what's contributing to dis-ease. And and I would say that's probably the most important thing. Yeah, and you're your own slave at that point. You're a slave yeah. to yourself. Yeah. Powerful, totally. powerful stuff. Yeah, so a great book if you want to check it out. I actually reached out to him because I'd love to get him on the podcast because um, I think it's a really interesting dialogue, especially in the world that we're in when there's so much, you know, uncertainty and and chaos and i think looking at things not like the physical virus kind of thing and like pandemics and stuff like that but actually looking at like where things are breaking down on that level of the mind and and then and then sort of the reverse engineering okay well if there's a problem sort of in that level of consciousness like what plays out like the microcosm to macrocosm concept like if that's playing out in consciousness or like this collective agreement that we have and how's that, you know, playing a reality in our 3D world or physical bodies and our relationships and everything else? So, anyways, I think it'd be a, it'd be a great conversation uh, to get into. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for thanks for um, dialoguing on on the sharing and you know sharing your own experiences. That's and- important stuff, though, man. I mean, this is something that every individual needs to to really have awareness on. And then, if you're not doing this type of work, and you want changes in your life. I mean, this is where it happens. Yeah. And it, it happens here. And you got to be willing to, to deal with some of that conflict and look inward and, and yeah. that gut check and be honest with yourself. Stop lying to yourself. Totally. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm a student. I'm, I'm just scratching the surface, but it makes me think and hopefully it makes others think about like, you know, how many things just happen on, default mode throughout your day throughout your month your week your year um and like what would life look like if you you had more faculty or resource to actually awaken you know more of you like life would be so fascinating wouldn't it to to just know that like everything's sort of unfolding in a different kind of way and not on this habitual hamster wheel like why am I still dealing with the same problems I was like 15 years ago? Or like, you know, I'm sure some of us may ask ourselves some of those questions. Like, why is this coming up again? Why is this happening again? And like, if you're asking yourself those questions, I think you're already asking the right questions. And it's, you know, time to, time to dig in, time to shine some light on some of these areas that are dark. Well, we all know those people that have always said, oh, I dealt with that a long time ago. Like, it's not an <laughs> issue anymore. But then yet there's still conflict from that issue and there's 
they're having the conflict and you're like, well, if you dealt with it, why is there conflict right out? Right? Exactly. Uh, and it's, it's that honesty. I think it's really hard for people, man. For it's sure. just honesty. Yeah. And, that, and that's a symptom, right? That, that's, a, that's a mental manifestation or emotional manifestation of the symptom. Just we've got our physical symptoms, but then these are these emotional symptoms, or recurring challenges, right? Like the repeating lessons that never seem to go away. Yeah, you just see the patterns, right? Yeah, yeah. totally. All right, brother. Always mind expanding chatting with you and yes, taking your heart. Love you lots. Love you, man. Thank you, brother. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to the Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.